You know, before we get into today's episode, I have to give a huge organic shout out to Upstarter Pods. They are the ones who produce and manage our podcast, and I'm just so grateful. This wouldn't be possible without them. I cannot do production editing. I shouldn't say I can't, but I'm just not going to do it. They're so good at it. I would suck at it. So for anyone out there, actually, if you're looking to grow your business or increase your credibility in your niche or even attract a larger and more loyal community to your brand, maybe you should think about starting a podcast. And if so, I'd encourage you connect with Upstarter Pods because they work with busy entrepreneurs, business owners, side hustlers just like you and kind of customize a plan to fit your availability, budget, goals to help you kind of build that brand, build that that influence. So they're also running a massive discount until the end of 2022 for new launches. So you can sign up. I think they have a free discovery call to see if it's a right fit for you and your business. Just go to upstarterpods.com or click the link below in the show notes and just see if starting a podcast is a fit for you. Anyways, let's get to today's show. What's going on, Getting Magnetic Fam? It's Finance Friday. Our goal with this series is to build your financial literacy as we head into a recession. So you can not only be prepared, but you can thrive through this recession and beyond. And the best thing, we're going to put sophisticated topics into layman's terms so everyone can understand it. You're going to learn everything about money they don't teach you in school so you can build your money mindset and skills and build that life for your dreams. Now let's get to the episode. What up, what up, what up? Happy Friday. It's Finance Friday still. These might be sunsetting soon, but you know, for now, we're still rolling with them. We're still going. We're probably in economic recession right now. And that's cool. There's a lot of opportunity. A lot of we've, we've, one of the biggest things we've hit on, right, is opportunity comes in the wintertime. And wintertime is here. It's upon us. It's the beginning of it. We don't know how long it will be or how harsh it'll be. Oh, I'm on Instagram too. What up, my people? Today is a really cool topic. Look, we got the getting magnetic neon light in the back. It's a vibe for sure. And we're going to be talking about within a relationship. Some of you guys are in relationships or marriages, some not yet, but you plan to be or you will be. I'd say most of you aren't planning on just being single your whole entire life. I'm trying to think any of my friends. Shout out Dustin. He's a big, big bachelor, one of my friends. He's just like, I don't know if I'll ever get in a relationship or married. Anyways, the mind, your wealth, your family's wealth, or the money situation within any relationship, especially in marriage and a family, is dominated by, drumroll please, the person with the lowest money mindset. It's the lowest common denominator. So there's two of you in a relationship, Sometimes, actually, there's three. I've heard of thruples and all these things. Gosh, this world is wild this day and age. But anyways, if both people aren't actively working on their financial literacy and their money mindset and growing it and having an abundant mindset and growing into that, it's not a snap of the fingers. Of course, it's a journey and a process. But you're going to come back to and the the lower money mindset is going to bring the family's wealth and and financial situation down. And we know most divorce happens actually because of money, because of financial stress. Most fights, a lot of fights are financial stress. Even if it's not on the surface, like the husband might be stressed. I'm just using a general example by the bills and the financial stress and situation. And that might make him shorter or snap when there's a ton of whatever, dishes in the sink or something, or or his spouse does something that triggers him or whatever it is. 
And so I'm going to start using real life examples. And I'm, I'm basically preaching to myself today in this episode in which Sandy and I come from very different places, especially financially. And we have very different skill sets, especially financially. And what do I mean by that? And we have opposite strengths and opposite weaknesses, or I like to call them opportunities because weaknesses are just opportunities you can work on. And what I mean by that is we, and some of you may have heard this before, but we grew up very different upbringings. She had a very abundant upbringing. Not to say she was spoiled, but anything she wanted, she knew was potentially at her fingertips and could be afforded by her family. We go on, you know, these tropical vacations, she'd go to Hawaii every year, all the things, staying at the Ritz, the nice resorts, resort life, all the things, living in Orange County. And it bred a very abundant money mindset within her that she can go create and make money and she can spend money and all the things. And that is a good thing. What I've also told her is I also recognize because I come from the opposite place, not that I was like dead broke poor, but I didn't have a lot of money. And I grew up with a more scarcity money mindset and like, oh, let's save this. Oh, I'm not going to get extra guacamole because it's an extra $2. And I don't want to take that $2 from my family and all these things and whatever. So I grew up in a more scarcity mindset financially, and it ended up being a good thing, and it drove me, but it's still something I'm working through. And so when Sandy and I get married, all of a sudden she has this abundant mindset, I have this scarcity mindset, and I'll kind of get into that, but our financial situation is the lowest common denominator, so it's going to come down to my scarcity mindset. And I've worked a lot on it. And I'd say now I have an abundant mindset, but compared to her, I mean, and she has her own opportunities to work on. Um, Sandy is by no means perfect. No one is, neither am I. But I realized, whoa, I have to work on my abundant mindset. And I also realized, I'm like, Sandy, also, you've never had your back against the wall financially. You've always known you had support. Your family could support you. Worst case scenario, you could go out and take risks and you would be okay, right? Because, you know, for example, her dad, your dad can take care of you. Not that my parents couldn't like take care of me or house me or something, but like I knew like when I was an adult, I was on my own. There was no like going and asking people for money or failing and being like, oh, I could just fall back on like my family's money or anything is like, this is do or die. Like for me, like I got to make this happen. And I actually got to a place, you know, my Scarcity mindset growing up led me to go into business, led me to go into finance, led me to get a master's degree in finance, led me to go into the working finance world and go make a lot of money because that was a pain point for me. So it actually, our wounds, especially our childhood wounds, can be opportunities for us. And it was an opportunity for me to be like, how do I fix this? Not fix it, but how do I grow from this? What will grow from this? Stress on the vine produces the best wine. The financial scarcity I grew up with, the mindset, and it's not to say my parents bred that in me. It was just like my my reality made me go learn finance, go learn money, go learn all these things, made me get a master's degree in finance. And I appreciate that so much. Made me go work seven years in the finance world and to the point where I could actually help my parents out if they needed to. Like that was huge for me. Versus uh, Sandy was always abundant and able to take risks and knew she wouldn't have to help her her parents or her family. And like they could help her if she needed it. Um, I'm like, gosh, my parents couldn't help me buy a business or a house or anything, you know, back when I was becoming an adult. And 
So I've worked really hard and I'm, it's a constant work in progress. I'm still breaking through scarcity money mindset. I'm still actively working on, and it's a muscle. It's an exercise. I have to go to the mental gym weekly, daily even to, to build on that. And I've come a long way where I feel I compared to the average person, I actually have a very abundant financial mindset compared to Sandy. I'm still, I'm still a work in progress, but also I'm like, Sandy, you've never had your back against the wall. I've had my back against the wall, negative bank accounts, debt, whatever that I got to fight my way back out of. I got to figure it out. I got to get really creative financially. And no one was there to save me or help me. It was all on me. She's never had that. And I realized that my back against the wall helped me a lot because when you have that, like there's no plan B, I just got to go, you figure it out. And there's a lot of benefit there, living very lean, living paycheck to paycheck, back against the wall, having to figure it out because that pain can also drive you to be like, I don't want to live in this space. Now, on the opposite end, my you know lack of financial abundance growing up led me to, let me go understand money. Let me go learn money. Guess what? I learned nothing about money getting my master's degree in finance. I learned nothing about wealth generation. I learned financial statements. I learned business stuff. I learned how to be a really good finance employee. That's it. And that does not create wealth. It can help you make money. That's not a wealth creator. So what I went to work on was I started to read the books. I started to go to the conferences. I started to listen to the podcasts. I started to invest in myself. I started to learn investing. I started to learn assets. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It changed my life. It changed my mindset. I eventually created my own investment firm after lots of hundreds of hours of learning real estate, of learning venture capital, of seven years in raising a fund and uh, investment fund and all these different things in my, in my prior finance career. And it equipped me, I've realized with, oh my gosh, I actually have a highly specialized mindset and skill set in investing and especially in real estate and in somewhat in venture capital. And I actually have my own fund with two partners, which is amazing. And Sandy and I own five investment properties with our partners, 22 doors, one Airbnb, three single family homes, one 18 plex. We're in like, we have like four positions that are venture capital that could be could go to zero or could 10 or 20 or 50 X. It could make us millionaires overnight if one of them hits. Now it's a risk reward. It's swinging for the fences and it's striking out or it's hitting a grand slam. That's what venture capital is. Not smart to do. That's what you do with money that you can afford to lose. You say, I'm going to write off this money and it could go to zero, but if it goes to a million, great. If it goes to a million, I'm going to use that million to buy hard assets, real estate, stuff like that. Anyways, I realized I had a very abundant investment mindset Versus Sandy doesn't necessarily, she's learned more, but doesn't, didn't know about investing or making your money compound or the movement of money and everything. She had very abundant mindset, is not scared to spend, is not scared to invest in herself and coaching and stuff, is not scared to go out and know she can make money, which is the first part. And then the second part is what do I do with my money? How do I become a good steward of my money? And I'm preaching to myself because coming back to relationships, your, your financial situation is going to be the lowest common denominator. Whoever has the most lack mindset, that's where you're going to sink down to. So getting on the same page is huge. It shouldn't just be one person takes care of the finances, the other's oblivious. Because sometimes like we're, we're still working on it where Sandy doesn't necessarily know all of our financials 
And so if we go out and, and like spend a ton of money somewhere, it, it kind of like crushes me inside because it's spending and not investing versus she's like, yeah, this is great. This is abundant. And so what we're working on is developing maybe every other week or even at least once a month, a family financial meeting where we kind of check in on what has our spending been? What has our income generation been? Uh, what is investing? How are we investing in Cam's future? Like different stuff like that. Like, oh my gosh, these are unnecessary expenses. Oh my gosh, all these subscriptions we're not using. Certain things, especially as going into economic winter. You guys, now is not necessarily the time to buy luxury items for most people. Now, if you have an absolutely abundant mindset and you're like, I'm going to go make way more money and I'm going to keep buying luxury items. Grant Cardone always says this, go make more money, go put it in assets that produce you cash flow and use that cash flow from your assets to go buy luxury items. If you go make a hundred grand because you launched some dope course or coaching program and then you go spend it all, movement of money is great, but you'll then always have to go work to go spend. When you make that hundred grand in your coaching whatever, and then you invest it in assets, let's say 90% of it, 90 grand, and then that 90 grand makes you money and you spend that money, that's cool. And that's legacy and that's generational wealth you're starting to build. Anyways, I'm going on tangents here. I'm super passionate about this. But where Sandy needs to raise her literacy and vibration in the investment side and the, the how to steward our money, and I need to raise my vibration in the abundant mindset thinking around money, what's cool is we're, we're opposites and we learn from each other but our biggest opportunity is coming together on it and not me being like, babe, no, let's not spend that. Let's put it here instead of there. And her kind of trusting me like, okay, we should invest this instead of spend this or whatever. Okay, let me understand that. And me, let me understand your abundant way of thinking and coming together on it. And I think the important part is being on the same page. Because when you can get on the same page financially and have financial goals and start to work towards things together and you're on the same page, you're coming from the same place. You know what? Let's not go out to the $250 dinner. Let's put that in Cam's investment account and cook at home and have just as much fun. Different things like that can start to be on the same page. So moral of the story, in any relationship, it's the lowest common denominator that's going to drive the financial stress in the relationship. So working on yourself individually, but working together to understand the big picture, to have financial goals and be on the same page is huge. I hope this was helpful. Happy Finance Friday, y'all. We'll see you next week. And if I don't see you until then, have a great Thanksgiving. And that's all I got for you. Peace out. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. <laughs>